What up, what up, what up? What's going on? It's your boy Keith back for another episode of Just Our Thought with the Fellas. Today, I got two guests that's coming on. Two good brothers, man. Wholesome brothers, man, that I was able to tap into, man. Two brothers, man, that can hold down the fort, man, that can that can that can talk, that can debate and ver and really and truly express their thoughts, man, verbalize their ideas, man, in such a way, man. Um, so I just wanted to bring these two brothers on. But first of all, I wanted to say happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to everybody that's um that's listening. We certainly appreciate you for checking us out. Just our thoughts with the fellas. I am your host, Keith, Keith Hall. Here we talk about national and local news. We touch on trending topics, culturally relevant news, and some core conversations. You can find us and check us out on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your streaming services. This is truly a conversation for Black men, for our culture, everything about our culture, given some perspectives from Black men, and that you don't hear that much. So we definitely want to uh, make our voice recognized, let you guys hear our voice and know that we do have some thought and some ideas after after whatever is going on in the culture. So um, we just don't let things go by as we do have a voice, but we created a platform to speak our voice. And today I got my man Theo Spencer on today. What's going on, Theo? Uh, nothing, man. I'm good. Glad to be amongst the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Theo is a HBCU grad, a bison himself. And I I, I just wanted H -U. to, what'd you say? H -U. <laughs> H -U. <laughs> my man, Theo, man, appreciate you, brother, for, for joining us. And I got my little big brother, uh, my little big brother on, man, Obatala Sone Beata. What's going on, Oh, What it do, man? What it do? Good evening. Appreciate the chance to be here. With two big bros, yeah. you feel me? I'm, I'm excited to have some conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? We go I back. So, since you know. we both had hair. <laughs> yes, he yes. Had, he had locks, and I just had like the yeah, the yeah. Gumby, you know, the, yes. the Bobby Brown joint. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It goes, it goes back, way back. It goes back. Oh man, yo, I, I, and and that's the good thing, you know. When I was, um, you know, when I was coming up with some stuff, I said, man, these two brothers even they even know each other. They go back. Theo said, yeah, man. Oh, I remember when he had the locks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, also, HBCU one semester. Shout out one oh, semester man. at Cheney University. Oh wow. Okay, oh. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they want their alumni money now. That you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And, and you know the funny thing about that Theo, that's a that's a that that'll be something that we can um we can unpack a little bit later, you know, as we touch on Deion Sanders and uh, the the fallout, you know, after you know his decision, as we all know, Deion Sanders um what three years ago decided to coach, um, took a position as the head coach of Jackson State University. And as he took the position, he brought together a, um, you know, his coaching staff and he wanted to um, change the culture, you know, change, um, cultivate athletes, continue to cultivate, cultivate athletes, educate, you know, and bring something new and bring um, money, not only to Jackson State, but to HBCUs. His, his One of his goals was to um, highlight these guys, highlight these kids, not only on the football field, but in the classroom and all that they um, do. After um, his four-year um, contract, um, we know Deion signed a four-year contract, and he left to go to Colorado University, a um, Power Five, right? 
a power five. He left to go to, what'd you say? For right now. (laughs) Theo said for right now. So Dion left to go to a power five um, at Colorado University um, after a three-year stint. Um, Deion Sanders, we all know, primetime, um, two-time Super Bowl champion, NFL de- defensive player of the year, three. six-time, first-time, all-pro, accolades, one considered the best cornerback to ever play the game and one of the best athletes to ever, ever play um, as Deion Sanders. Deion, Thea, I, I, I would like to say Deion was a ringer before ringers was, were known. When he went to San Fran and when he went to Dallas, mm. you know, he was that guy, man. They wanted to get him just, uh, you know, just to to add to that mm. team, shut that one side of the field down yeah. and see if we could get that chip. You know, before KD went to Golden State and other yeah. players, started, you, yeah. uh, uh, you know, getting that money for that ring. Dion was the first one. Number five pick. Um, so many stories about prime time, man. Um, you know, and I wanted to unpack it, man, and talk about. You know his decision in the fallout. It's been maybe what a week and a half or something. Oh, it's been about two yeah, weeks. I about think. Two weeks. Okay, about two weeks. The game was Saturday. The game was yep. was last Saturday. Yep. Yeah. And then he, he yeah. announced it the week before the game. Okay. Yeah. So after the dust settled, you know, sometimes I, I feel like you know we in our culture we jump on stuff quick. Oh yeah. We jump on stuff real quick and we don't get a chance to to see the other side of things, you know, and hear more things develop out of a story. So, you know, uh, oh, man, you know, what's your thoughts, man, of, of Dion um, and how has he impacted you? You know, I know you like Dion. He's one of your favorite players, you know. So um, I, I wanted to know how has he impacted you before we got into this into this conversation? Listen, Dion Sanders is my favorite athlete of any sport of all time yeah there's no i got second and third by four there's no question number one athlete of all time um the number one reason why i'm such a florida state fan which i've been now for since the 90s um since i was old enough to really even pay college football any attention i've been a, a florida state fan um because of Deion sanders uh my old, not any, I can only say this now, because all of my passwords was primetime 21 for about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use them no more, so I can say it. It don't matter now. Every password I ever had was primetime 21. Uh, uh, whenever I played, I wanted to be a defensive back, and and, and I was a defensive end. So, you know. <laughs> I'm about to say you were not you were not built like a defensive back. I was never, never. Yeah, um, you know, I just love, and I'm gonna be honest with you, man. In recent years, I really appreciated, you know, his his words, man. I think once you get away from, once you get past the extravagance and the outlandishness and the athleticism, um, he said some really strong things, man. I've I followed him in, in in some of his social media and some of his uh reality shows and things of that nature and, and and really found somebody who has some some real wisdom and and I, we all know I, I guess somewhere in between Frisco and Dallas he really became a man of God mm-hmm. and really started to profess that and so you know really just having him speak about that so all of that you know has has really impacted me and, and how I look at him uh when my son started playing youth football his number was two because that was Deion's college number mm-hmm. his number was two really? throughout yeah throughout youth football really didn't know that yeah. okay 
Yeah, I put that on him. He didn't know either. That was this is your number, your number two. We couldn't get twenty one, so your number's gonna be two. That was Deion's okay. college number. Okay, so, I didn't know that. All right, yeah. wow. Theo. Theo, what's your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts before uh, before you know Deion's career off the field, on the field? You know, what was your thoughts of him um, during those times? Really didn't think much. I mean, okay. he's an athlete. Um, I knew who he was. I think once upon a time I had the Deion sneakers. Because he had those um, those Nike sneakers. I had them. Um, but, you know, what really piqued my interest was uh, right before he went to um, Jackson State, I guess around the time that he started coaching high school, mm -hmm. Dion got a degree from Talladega College in Florida, which is mm -hmm. a black college. And so that got him on my radar. And then when he went to Jackson State, I, I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. I, I kind of want to see where this goes. Right. So I really didn't, you know, I mean, I know Dion like everybody else knows Dion in terms of, and I watched evolution from Atlanta to Dallas to San Francisco to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he ended his career in Baltimore, maybe wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was at, I lived in D.C. around that time, so you know, I would see him, Shannon Sharp, sometimes come on campus, or you see them at the club type of deal especially around Howard Homecoming. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just always kind of familiar with him. I, I really enjoyed some of his stuff on television when he was uh, on NFL Network, him and uh, mm -hmm. Michael Irvin. And then, um, like I said, when I heard that he was going into coaching, that was when I started to, like, really start to pay attention. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I don't think that you did this on purpose, but I'm pretty sure – uh, Obi and I have different views because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree with you. Sometimes in our culture, we jump out and speak too soon Absolutely. without really context and perspective. And I think a lot of people in this Dion thing have jumped out without a lot of context and perspective, and their view on what he's done and his impact on black colleges, it kind of skews along with that. So if you were one of them ones that jumped out without a context, you thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread and he did, you you know, all these great things. Me, I, I'm, I think the jury's out. I think you got to wait a few years, but I feel like he probably did more to hurt the university than he did to help. Okay. Okay. And what 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 um, where where would you what's your thoughts on that? Um, in terms of how he how how he would hurt the university more than helping? Are you talking about taking the job initially or his departure? I think when he departed, I think it hurt mm -hmm. the university. Um, full disclosure: I I lived in Jackson for a brief bit of time. Um, I have friends that have connections because they went to Jackson State and that sort of thing. You know, there were some, so I think one of the things that gets a little bit off is like he was there for three years, but they're really counting one year twice because he came in 2020 and then in 2021, they basically played, you know, what constituted the, the, the 2020 the season. season in the spring. And then yeah. they, they, so basically he really, in terms of football, had only been there two years. And in that first in that first season, that was like COVID. We got to get this out of the way. And they were like two and five or something like one and four or something like that. They weren't really that good. 
Then they get to the full season. Um, I think they lost two games, one of them uh, in the Celebration Bowl to South Carolina State. But that was the first year that you really got to see right. whether they were going to be really good or not. And then mm-hmm. to come back this year and do it, like now the university is in a position to really start leveraging some of the excitement around the football team. Now, trust me, in Jackson, regardless who the coach, if that football team is 12-0, and 0, it's going to be excitement around Jackson State. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is because you had somebody like um, Dion talking so much, it added a little extra excitement. But this is a year that now, as a university, you, you're trying to leverage those things. So one of the things that I know was in the works was a stadium deal. Their current stadium is like across the street from the major hospital in Jackson. And I know that they have been trying to work out a deal so that they could move someplace else and um, give up that land for a better parcel of land and a new stadium. Well, that's on hold now because the, the main personality that drove all the revenue that made it look like it was possible to do that left you know, before the stadium even got solidified. So a lot of that's on hold. And so, like, when you at a university, you know, those institutions, they can't turn on a dime. And, mm-hmm. and and so, like, a lot of what people hope to do, Jackson State would do as a program, it takes three, four years to do. So I don't have a problem with him leaving, but when he left, he put the university in a bind, in my opinion. I, I I heard somebody say, um, someone that lived in Jackson, he, he said he didn't have an issue. He said his issue was that the the excitement around Jackson, um, it was just so, just a lot of excitement, um, added excitement with Dion being there. And he said, you know, he was hurt because, you know, it kind of put like a, um, like a dark cloud over Jackson State. Um, and this was, you know, I was listening to one of his comments today. Um, not that homecoming is not going to pack the stadium out still. Um, you know, things that still be, you know, in order in terms of um, the, 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 the amount of people that's, that's attending the games. But, you know, when he mentioned that, you know, the people that actually live there, you know, um, so, 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 oh, what's, what's, what's your thoughts, man, you know, of, 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 of Dion, of primetime, Coach Prime, your favorite player, your favorite athlete of all time that poured into you, all of that. What's your <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Theo, so, I had to pour it on him a little bit. First off, first, first off, because Theo not gonna be the only one. I feel like he keep trying to outdo me with these full disclosures. Full disclosure, <laughs> I lived in Jackson. Okay, really? When yeah, when I was a kid, I lived oh, in yeah, Jackson. I about that. When I was a kid, I was young, and Jackson's poor. And and I tell people all the time, Mississippi poor is a different level of poor. Now that was in the uh, early '80s, like young, young. Um, but uh, I just wanted to point that out. It doesn't really have any relevance. But Theo pointed out he to tie it together, though. Yeah, no. Nah, but Theo going, he ain't gonna be just talking like he lived in Jackson, like that. Like I ain't lived in, I lived in Jackson too. Okay, but anyway, that's neither. Here. No. So here, here's here's my thing. Um, I think there's two things. One, I think there's the impact that he had. And two, I think there's the popularity and what that allowed for. And I think it's it's unfair to hold somebody responsible for what their popularity 
brought. And so, for example, if I come to the party and I'm the life of the party and I'm the jokester and everybody's having a good time because I'm here, then I leave the party. It shouldn't be blamed on me that the party is now stale because I left the party. And I feel like not to say that. I mean, let's be honest. Prior to Deion Sanders is a personality, right? He's a personality above everything. He's a personality. And he was able to utilize his personality to bring resources to Jackson State. He was able to help them get a new field because I don't know who saw the field, but the field was patchy. It was horrible. He was able to use his personality, his connections, his name to get a field. That's better. He was able to use his connections. He got the team suits. That's better. He was able to use his connections to help get them on TV and his popularity to get them on TV. That's better. And so to me, what he did, and I think what your goal should be, is to leave a place better than when you arrived. And there's no debate that he left the place better than when he arrived. Now, what is the the impact of his leaving, meaning what doesn't happen now that he leaves, it to me, that's not fair to blame on somebody that because then what happens if I stay until we get a stadium and then I leave, there's going to be something else. that it's like, well, we thought you was going to stay until we got, uh, you know, a new a new college or a new TV deal or a new this or a new that. Like at a point, you know, he's entitled to move on. And I think the school is in a better position now. Are they going to not be? Is there some things that he, they would have done with him that they can't do without him? That's possible. That's 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 probable. Yes, the, the the next coach doesn't have the cachet that Deion Sanders has. He doesn't have. He's not the personality, um, and none of that has anything to do with the coaching. Of course, we're just talking about the off the field stuff. Which, but I think Deion Sanders did his job. And I, ironically, um, I just was listening to you know I was doing some research, and he dropped a bombshell that when he and the GM 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 not the right word the AD, the AD talked the AD asked him for two years. He said the AD asked him for give me at least two years. Yeah, I, I feel as though this was a beneficial relationship. Okay. okay. I feel like this was a, ben- a mutually beneficial relationship. That's the word. Uh, I, okay. I, I think, I, I think I, you know, from what I had discovered, um, I, you know, I, I think people undersell how Deion Sanders benefited out of this. I <laughs> think, I think a lot of people believe that like Jackson state got all the benefit, got, got all the benefit and old lowly Jackson state was lucky that he, like the reality is um, he, he couldn't get a coaching job anywhere. Like he did not want to go to Jackson state. If, if, mm-hmm. if, but nobody believed that he'd be able to run a program. And, and Jackson State, in addition to, I mean, when we start talking about context, when he went to Jackson State, it was in the it was in the aftermath of George Floyd, when mm-hmm. a lot of corporations and a lot of media outlets were were trying to reckon with how right. they dealt with with black how people. Yeah, how they and, and So, like, he happened to go at Jackson State at a time when a lot of people were throwing a lot of interest and money to, to black colleges. So I think he benefited from that as well. So it's like, on the one hand, you can say, oh, well, because of Jackson State, I mean, because of Deion Sanders, they got X. But you can also understand that 
at the time he was there, there were a lot of people that wanted to give money to something. Right. And because right. he was one of the loudest mouths, that got fed, you you know. So, uh, you know, but <laughs> I, I just, you know, my thing that I fall back on is he said that he wanted to make Jackson State a program. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you, you know, what how many years you put on that, but Jackson State is not a program. Like, you know, at the end of the day, right now, Deion Sanders, the personality, can go to any kid's house and, and get them to go to wherever he is. If he's at mm -hmm. Jackson State, he can get them to go there. That's what Deion Sanders, the personality, can do. Alabama, the program, Clemson, the program, can come to your house and do the same thing. It don't matter who the coach is. Alabama is a program. They always gonna get a great coach. It's Nick Saban right now. It'll be somebody else. It was Bear Bryant 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It'll be mm -hmm. that's what programs do. And so the question is, you're saying I'm going to Jackson State to build a program. Well, what can that program do right now that it couldn't do before you got there? I, yeah, I think some of some of the issue that some 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 folks have have shared was that it was the messaging. Um, the messaging of, you know, I'm going here to build this program, you know, black athletes come to HBCUs, be a part of HBCUs, um, celebrities, those with money fund HBCUs because they're underfunded, you know, and we don't have the, the, the facilities that these other schools have. So I think it was the messaging that a lot of people have an issue with, um, and they felt as if he didn't don't stand on the God part either. Because he, what he is that? Also, don't undersell the God part because he was telling that he was saying God brought me here. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mississippi is deeply religious. Yeah. So those sorts of things really resonate with people mm. beyond just like up here. We probably hear that all the time. Down right, there, right, right. it means something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. No. no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Up here, we hear that all the time. God told me to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now nah, that's why you locked up now. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I, I think that's what it is, too, Theo. I think some people, they do. They, they have an issue with the messaging. Um, those have an issue with, you know, many have an issue with him just leaving. Um, one of the things I did hear Deion say, to your point, um, was... In terms of a program, you know, Dion left one of his coaches there mm -hmm. and he feels as if this this very same coach and I forget his name. Excuse me. I forget his name um, can carry the baton for him and yeah. keep it in the same condition as he left. Well, I think he's a Jackson State alum, too, I think. He is. OK. Well, yeah, OK. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, 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 and I'll, I'll the, say this. He, he took the Howard alum with him. I, I think his. Um, to, His um, back coach uh, Flea Harrell is a Howard. Flea, Flea, Flea went with him, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Howard alum, but he did go with I'm him. I'm telling you, he's a Howard alum. <laughs> okay, well, my bad. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, guys, hey, Flea yeah. Harrell, man. He's in the Howard Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, you walk around with the Howard team, yearbook. Huh? <laughs> said, you always walk around with the Howard yearbook. I ain't know my bad. That's it, man. <laughs> in fact, um, you, you know Jay Walker that calls a lot of the black college games on ESPN? Mm -hmm. Jay threw to to flee. That was his receiver. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so, a lot of people so, don't know. Jay Walker was like he was probably he was probably the greatest quarterback in Howard history. 
Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say something else. All right. No, no. So I, I want to say a couple of things, and I think, I think we have to, if we're if we follow sports, right? I think we have to separate what we know about sports and not personalize. And here's what I mean: any college coach that's recruiting has to say the things Deion said because you can't recruit otherwise. Like that's just the reality. When a coach, listen, we know there are coaches who leave. One year after the number one recruiting class. But guess what? When they recruited that class, they had to tell that class, we're building. You can't recruit if you say I'm leaving in a year. And that's that's across the end. There's no coach that's going to tell you I'm out. They can't. You can't recruit that way. So in order for him to build anything in Jackson State, in order for him to recruit the number one player in the country, in order for him to recruit four-star athletes and three-star athletes who would have never previously considered an HBCU, you have to say, I'm building a program here. If he would have came out and said, listen, I came to Jackson State for two years. My only focus is building my resume Hmm. and I'm out. You can't recruit anybody. Now there's a debate because Deion said that there were two, there was two other power five schools that did reach out to him that he didn't want to, he didn't go after. I've heard, Hmm. Now, you know, it's all rumors because only him and the people in the room would know. But I had heard that there were a couple schools that reached out to him as well. That was that was there was rumors of that when he was still coaching high school at at the high school. Um, And yes, I I will say I do agree with your point that, you know, and in the in the aftermath of George Floyd, um, it was a perfect storm. I'll say it that way. It was a perfect storm of willing contributors and 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 Dion's personality making it easy to for them to contribute. Um, so I will agree that that was a perfect storm there, um, and that just is right. But uh, like I said, I think that what he said was the only way to do it. And I think sometimes we personalize it as if we're not present because when you talk about programs and, and Alabama's a program and Clemson is a program. Well, I, I think it's very interesting that you point out those schools because they are programs, but they also have the facilities. They also have the resources that Deion Sanders could never get at Jackson State that he now has available to him at Colorado, mm-hmm. you know, because it's tough to build a program because guess what? I can go in and say I'm going to build a program and then I get here and I got to find a way to get a field and I got to find a way to get a weight room mm-hmm. and i I got to feed the, my players out of my own salary and I'm giving up some of my money to help fund this project and that project. And then, you know, the, 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 the city don't have no water. And so we got to put the kids up in a hotel so they can bathe in the in the in the in the uh, therapy pool and things of that nature. So, yeah, you can come in with the best of intentions. But the reality is there's no way to coach college if you're not going to tell as you're if you're not going to go sit in every recruits live room and say I'm building something special down here. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I also, you know, I think that's the other thing that I felt like with Dion. It's sort of like, imagine you have a friend that's a contractor and they come to your house and they point out all the things that's wrong in your house that they got the skills, tools, and ability to fix. Mm-hmm. And you finally get all the, start getting all the money together and you start figuring out what you want to do. And they like they're gone. They're taking their tools. They're going someplace else. You don't expect that person to fix every problem that you got. 
but you also, mm-hmm. how do you, like, you, you, you don't expect them to leave and not have fixed any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, really I think we, but that's the key question. The question is, are we saying he didn't fix any? I don't agree that he didn't fix. I, first off, what again, fix? Theo, that's a great example. Um, <laughs> what did he fix, though? I can respect a solid example, right? <laughs> I can respect a solid example. That's a good one. I'm not going to knock it. Theo, that was, a, that was a, a good example. However, I think there's a disagreement over what he fixed. And I think the larger disagreement is what's the dis- what's the disagreement on what he fixed? Because I don't I think there's different people people value what he did differently as opposed to his last. So there's a TV contract in place that brings money. Well, oh, 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 oh. you got to give me because I've seen the details of two contracts. One of them was something that was in place before Dion did anything, and mm-hmm. they extended it. So that was the contract that they had to to. Uh, televised the celebration. celebration right. right. That's one. Then there was another contract that was a streaming contract, 10 years, 120 million for the SWAT. But that was with the one that I saw was with uh Byron Allen's group. Now, Byron Allen. Yeah, I think I saw I didn't I didn't I saw some of the Byron Allen conversation, not enough to really say anything wholeheartedly. My question is like on what planet is Byron Allen, who's looking for content, by the way, and on what planet is he not going to make an offer to the black colleges for football? Yeah, and it's streaming. Like I don't like I didn't see anything because Byron Allen also, um, I think he recently bought the Grio Network, and, and he's got a couple of properties. That he are, owns the Weather Channel, doesn't he? he yeah, weather, no, but he's got the he got the Grio. He Network. got a lot. He, yeah, he, Byron Allen is 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 under. Rated in terms of power moves and wealth as an African American, yeah, 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 nobody yeah. knows that Byron Allen is out here busting all these power oh, moves. Byron Allen's and a beast. Because, yeah, but that's because he's a corny comedian. Yeah, so people. He was a bad comedian, and I think people stopped paying yeah, him attention when he was telling bad from, uh, jokes. What was that? What did he? Uh, what did he on? Uh, uh, what is it? What was the uh, television show he used to be on in the eighties? Uh, was it was it a news uh one of the the major channels? It was like yeah, yeah, it was, it was one, one of the major channels. American people or something like that. I forgot the name of it. It used to come on NBC. Okay, I can't. Remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember Byron Allen from yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. but it's but a Jackson, streaming deal. It's yeah. not a it's not a broadcast deal. Oh no no no! But but it's a deal that that wasn't there. Oh, but he, he, are you also, telling me the swag? Are you telling me Byron Allen wouldn't sign a deal with the swag? I'm telling you, I'm telling you that Byron Allen signed the deal with the SWAC while Deion Sanders was there. That's all I'm telling you. I'm not telling you. This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Deion, I can't tell you that he wouldn't have. I'm telling you, listen, I'm not telling you that he wouldn't have. I'm just telling you it happened when it happened. But also, listen, Jackson State was on ESPN. Wait, hold on. So Jackson State was on ESPN. I agree. Right? Most of their games, if not all their games, is on ESPN. And by his by Jackson State being on ESPN, that means he was able to get one SWAC school on ESPN a week, right? One SWAC school was able to get on ESPN a week be, by default of by, pe- by, playing by being an opponent, right? By being the opponent, that means that was increased exposure that was not happening prior to Dion. That means increased revenue that was not happening prior to Dion. Like those are measurable facts. Now I'm not saying that makes him 
the greatest in it. But those are measurable facts of him improving. We know that he was able to utilize his resources. And I'm not debating that Walmart was in a giving mood, but he got he got the new field, right? Walmart, Jackson State got the new field. Dion was able to use his relationship with Under Armour to give Jackson State brand new uniforms for the entire university. Okay. The whole school got new Under Armour uniforms when he came on. The entire, every sport got new Under Armour uniforms as a result of him directly and specifically. It, Those are all it, benefits. Yeah, but, but again, it's like, you, you know, Howard, I love Howard to death. We are not a sports school. We have a deal in place with the Jordan brand that did the same now. thing. You do now. So yeah. I, I can't attribute, like, like I, what, what frustrates me a little bit is because people don't generally pay attention to HBCUs, mm. they don't necessarily recognize all these things that HBCUs are doing okay. and how they're involved. Like, and already have had. Right. If you look at any commercial on television that has a marching band in it, it is a good chance that that marching band was at a black college. I agree. That's, what, that's I mean, that's where they, they're not putting Ohio State band in commercials, but I've seen Southern's band. I've seen Grandma's band. I've seen Jackson State band. Whether they're wearing Jackson State uniforms or not. No, I know what you mean. Right. Dion so, took the cheerleading coach with him, too, just FYI. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Did he, who didn't he take, man? It's like, no. <laughs> That's cold, man. I love Jackson State, but you know, you know their thing is like the I love, and then they put a list up of all the kids that answer, that, that entered the uh, transfer portal, mm-hmm. and they put them hashtag the I left. Like, oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jackson is <laughs> like when when it when it started going on through the crowd that um. Dion had left for Colorado in the last game. They put on they put on this blues song that was a uh, one monkey don't stop no show, and right they were singing him out as he was We know that was hurt. That was hurtness. That was hurt hurt feelings. I think. Listen, the people of Jackson. I'm not going to look at them. I'm not going to include them in any conversation because they're too close to the fire. They're too close to it. They're, the the impact to them is too too personal, right? Um, I don't I don't I think it's it's a lot like when LeBron left Cleveland. Like the people of Cleveland were too impacted directly to get caught up in in their response. My issue is, or my my thing is with the pe- people that that are outside of Jackson that have the same level of outrage. Like now, all of a sudden, they're impacted and they're not. Especially considering, and you just said it. The reality is. Most people were not paying attention to HBCU football right. prior to Deion Sanders. We were pre- they were paying HBCU attention period. To- no, HBCU no, no, period. I don't think that. Yeah, I, I, most people. I'm not saying Theo. You okay. are clearly all in, but I'm saying most people. <laughs> I would argue, and most most college sports fans, most people in general, are not paying HBCUs well, as well, much attention. On. There's two things though. There is paying attention. So like. Like nobody's paying attention to Howard, but Howard's on Howard was on television this year in terms yeah. of football. You, you know, so I think like there's a difference between whether you'll watch or not and mm-hmm. whether it's on television, period. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you is there's a lot more black college stuff on ESPN and on Fox than what you think. 
Lincoln was on. Lincoln was on. They played Seton Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, they played Seton no, no, no. Hall. I agree. I'm just saying I don't think most people are paying attention to it. I'm not debating mm -hmm. that they're on. I'm not. I mean, Howard, like I know Jordan Howard has the Jordan brand, and that was a big deal, right? Howard is clearly and 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 even let's be honest, even in HBCUs, as with anything, there's levels, right? There's and I don't. I'm not talking about the school. I'm not talking about the quality of the school. I'm not getting into any yeah, of that. You're not, gonna get any argument, you're not gonna get any argument from from me from what, what <laughs> I think you're about to say. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like they're not all the in terms of knowing popularity and I'm not even getting into the school. Yeah, I'm not getting yeah. into education. I'm just saying if I ask the average person to name HBCUs, there are certain ones they're going to name and Howard Spellman, Howard Morgan yeah, State, Spellman, yeah, Morehouse, yeah, the same ones, Lincoln. Yeah. They're yeah. going to name those, right? Hampton. Mm -hmm. Right, they're going to name those, and then they're going to get stuck. They're going, they are going to think of Elizabeth City State. They're going to think of Alabama A and M and Jackson yeah. State. They're not going to yeah. think of those schools. Shaw, but, they're not going to think of those schools. I wanted to also add. I wanted to also add. I, I, I feel like. Um, I wonder if. I wonder if. Um, Dion was also frustrated too. You know, um, when I listened to 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 one of his. Um, you know, I listened to him, and he was talking about. Um, he did an interview with Shannon Sharp and he was talking about, you know, money, you know, three Shannon's games. HBCU grad too. Yeah, yeah Shannon's Savannah definitely State. an HBCU grad. Yeah. Yep. Savannah he was talking State. about the money. Yeah, yep. Savannah, Savannah State. I wanted to go to Savannah State. Yeah. I did. I, I applied and everything. I got accepted. I wanted to go there so bad. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so he, so one of his points was when they had these um, three games a year, um, against these big schools and they're there the money which it could add up to about 1.5 million not does not go back to the school it wasn't that and high though now he's he was saying? all three games he's getting like oh, 1.5 million yeah yeah what yes. what happened was so the the uh FCS which is what we used to call division one double A, one. Yeah. Uh, which is what HBCUs fall under. Uh, FBS or Division One. The big schools used to always schedule a couple of the FCS schools, but they would pay them to come to them, right? Because they would make more money on a home game. Because right. especially now they have their own networks, they have yeah. their own stadium, blah 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 blah. Right. So what Dion was saying, and again, this is a conversation of trying to change for everybody. He said, "Listen, why don't we come together?" and establish a minimum across the board. Because I forget the school he talked about, but he said they went out to play UCLA. Mm -hmm. He said, and they got paid half a million, 500000 And he talked about between the flight. The expenses. The, the, uh, the expenses, right. The, all the expenses that they probably either broke even or lost money on it. And so what he said was two things. He said, one, why don't we as an HBCU come together and establish across the board that none of us will take less than $750,000 to go to these games because we want to make a profit. Right. And then On more controversially, he said that money should go strictly to the athletic department because the kids are the ones that just, you're throwing the kids to the wolves because most times when an FCS school goes to a, it goes a, to the school, it's getting a well, yeah, but the the kids are the ones getting blown out. 
Now the occasional, you have the occasional, oh my God, I can't believe they won. But for the most part. You know part, who did that? You know who one of them, oh my God, they won was? Who was who? <laughs> Howard University, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm not. Yo, I'm I'm not teeing up nothing else for you. <laughs> Go ahead with your busted, but anyway, no, I didn't know that. I thought you was going to say, um, I thought uh, I thought uh, Jacksonville State had done it one year. No, no, you you know, Jacksonville State's not a black college. No, that's uh, Bethune. I thought Bethune had done it. I'm, I, I don't know. Howard beat UNLV in Vegas. basketball, football. No football. football? Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Was, in fact, thought, the the coach that coach ended up leaving Howard. I think the next year. He's the coach of William and Mary. They were like 13 and 0 this year. And mm-hmm. the quarterback of that team was Cam Newton's younger brother. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, Cam wow. Newton's younger brother played quarterback at Howard for three years, graduated, then Yo, entered the transfer portal. I got to get my drops out. Theo is dropping Howard. Oh, yeah. All the Howard stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah. but so, like I was saying, so Dion's conversation was since the kids are the ones getting blown out you know they're losing 30 and 40 and 50 yeah, to zero yeah. that the money should come to them so again his his conversation was let's right let's come together let's establish something so that we all benefit now mm-hmm. he said if you want to get more get more but we should establish a common baseline that says yo we're not coming for less than 750 now we can make a profit again, trying to create positive change across the board. When Dion was the one who said, "Yo, how come these kids can't get their names on the back of their uniforms? You don't think they mom and then want to want to see their name?" This right. is th- that benefited the whole swag. He even said, "I'll pay the five dollars a jersey, which is how much it costs uh, in youth football, for the record. Um, extra five dollars when we used to have to pay for that um, to put their names on their back." Like these are things that he came in. So I think it's, and I think the one thing I will say this. My last point on this topic, I think Deion Sanders thus far has done a very good job of avoiding the negative conversations because there are rumors that there there were some funny arrangements with the money. He was supposed to get a percentage of the uh, ticket sales Mm -hmm. above a number that they never somehow got above, although it appeared they were above. Like it looked like it was 10 people in the room. And you said, if if we get above eight, you're going to give me money. And I counted 10, but you saying it was really seven and a half. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that, that that's kind of under the table that's never really that's not really being brought out. Um, and I think in his mind at this point, it's water under the bridge. But um, I just want to say, I think that the I was about to say organization, I guess the university, I do feel bears some some fault, some fault. And I think the SWAC as a whole bears some fault. Well, let me let, um, me, let me just say. Um, well, one of the things that you, and, and I'm not saying one is better than another, but there is a philosophical difference that HBCUs have around athletics that predominantly white schools don't have. And so like basically at a black college, the athletics program is an extension of the academic program. And it's sort of viewed that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that the things that a Deion Sanders may not understand because that's not really his orientation coming from a Florida state, like they're not going to change from, from thinking of things through an academic focus just because he can, you know, it takes some time and, you know, so I'll give you a good example. So Jay Walker, he was our best quarterback 
-hmm. and he graduates. And then we get this guy by the name of Ted White. Ted gets hurt his his first year, and this guy by the name of um, Pep Hamilton takes over. And you know that, that season's a wash. The reason I mentioned though, got another Howard drop in there. Ted and and Pep are the F offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach of the U of the uh, Houston Texans. Right, I know Pep. Okay. I've heard Pep's name. Yeah, yeah. That, as soon as you said that name, it, it rung a bell. Yeah, Pep. Pep was he was like two or three years ahead of me at Howard. But so that next year, when Ted really was going to get a chance to play, the the university couldn't put a, a schedule together to even showcase him because the athletic department basically functions as an academic unit. And so when they put the first schedule together, it had to go to the dean of student affairs and it had to go all the way up to the president. Most white schools do not function like that. Hmm. You know, the athletic department has the ability to basically make the schedule. And if, if they screw it up in some way, they're going to get fired. But other than that, it's like the athletics department runs as like a, its own autonomous unit. Black colleges do not function that way. And, so, and, and Deion Sanders would have had to stay a little bit longer and there would have been a little bit more pressure on Jackson State to try to do it like that. And and, and my, my personal feeling is, hey, at the point that you get a, a, a Deion Sanders out of Jackson State, these are the things that you guys got to do. Like, you, I got, you know, that's it. I, I got, I got, a, I got a question. Um, you know, some of some of the comments. Um, you know, after Deion's decision to 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 leave and go to Colorado, you know, one of those, the word sellout. The word sellout stood out to me. You know, and when whether you, you know, whether it was mixed messaging, whether Dion changed his mind, whether he should just go ahead and we need to build our own. It was sellout, you know, is what I heard. And I don't think Dion responded much to it. But for me, my question, my question is, why do why do we black people, why do in our culture Soon as someone makes a decision, whether it was for him, he got frustrated, he was time to go, or he was being selfish. Why in most situations we're ready to cancel and we're saying a sellout because most people will probably do the same thing. Yeah, I don't I I have a lot of problems with what he did, but I don't think I don't I don't I don't think he's a sellout. Mm -hmm. You know, I just I just think that um, if he was true to his word, he would have left. the. the well, one thing I felt like there was an air that he did not give respect to black colleges coming in. And when he talked about the program, mm -hmm. um, you know, building a program, I felt like he should have left a certain way. But I don't, I don't think he's a sellout. No, okay. I don't think he. I feel like he didn't live up to some of the things that he said, right, but right. I, I, I think I don't, I don't know. I, you know, if, if if I could figure out our culture at different times, man, I, 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 I'd have a lot of money, man. I, yeah, I, I'd yeah, use yeah. that power for good, not evil. But you know, it's like, you know, I feel like on so many issues now, people feel like they got to be on one side or the other, right, and right. Like there is a middle lane 
where, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't necessarily like what he did, but I don't think he's a sellout. Right. Um, you know, I'm in that middle lane where I don't necessarily like what he did, but I, I can also be critical and understand why he did it, you mm-hmm. know. And but it's just like, you know, if I say, oh, I think you're going to have a, a difficult time in the Pac-10. Oh, you a hater. Well, no, right. that's reality because he's going to the worst team in the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, two of the main reasons why people even go to the Pac-10 are leaving for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. In 2024, mm-hmm. so it, you know, it, so yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. The, the, no, the, I, and, and I think that sometimes that you know, and there's a lot of situations when celebrities, you know, are making a decision, and and those aren't, and some people aren't in um, agreement with that decision. They're canceled, and there's a sellout. And for me, I, I don't get that part in our culture. And for me, it's like you said, where where's the middle ground? Where's the middle ground to be able to not just be on this side or have to be on one or the other side? Where's the middle ground where I can say, you know what, let me be able to look at both sides and well, see what I, makes most sense. I think that, and, and, you know, as a people, we have, I think part of the sellout thing comes from a very flawed thought process that, embraces and unfortunately celebrates struggle, right? We validate struggle as somehow that's better or or more black or more real because you Mm -hmm. struggled. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a sellout the moment because you did something that was better for you. But no, if you was real, you would have stayed at Jackson State. You would have got paid 500,000 a year or a million dollars a year, you would have had to have your coaches making fractions of that. Mm-hmm. You would have struggled with what Theo just talked about in terms of the athletic department and the view of the athletic department and, and right. lieu of the education department. If that's what you would have done if you were real. If you was really one of us, you would have stayed down in the mud with us. And you would have got it out the mud. Right, yeah, but that's dumb and that's stupid and it's very flawed to, to think that because, you know, you look at the situation this dude was making and my understanding was the offer, the last offer from Jackson state, which was made literally like as he's walking out the door was a million dollars salary, but he got to pay his coaches. And so at that point it's, well, you can get a million and basically depending on how much you don't don't give your coaches what you have left. You have Colorado is giving this man a, a, a basically $5 million. That they have to find. Right. Well, they ain't going to have no problem finding. Uh, they, they have five million dollar contract and a five million dollar coaching budget. So now these coaches that have been, you know, with him for years, including a couple that may or may not have graduated from Howard, depending on um, who you ask, uh, now are in a financial position. You know, he's rewarding them with them working with him. It ain't even funny, man. I thought right? he was a man of God. Obi man of God, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's he's looking out for them, man. And I think we have to be able to appreciate, you know, I think you have to be able to appreciate that, you know, that that he did all of those things and he was able to do all those things, right? We're able to appreciate that. Yeah, look, look, from a business move, I I get it. And and like, I have no illusions about 
you know, the difficulty of coaching football for a black college. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go you can go back to Doug Williams. When Doug Williams coached Grambling and all the, you know, uh, all the difficulties they and it was some of the same thing some of the same things Doug Williams was talking about with mm-hmm. Grambling or some of the issues okay. like Doug Williams was talking about going going to play these big schools, getting the payday, coming back to the university and they wouldn't fix the football field. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, yeah, there, there's definitely some challenges there. I definitely get it. Um, you know, but again, I, I feel like this is a good conversation because I think we are sensibly bringing out some of the pros and cons of everything right. Right. versus, oh, you know, uh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and, and how dare you say anything? But, you know, like I got some crazy hate because it was just like, because I was just, I posted something on Facebook. I was just happy that the MEAC, the conference that represents the school where I was, um, beat them two years in a row. Because Dion came in with all this bluster and like, oh, I get in the top recruiting class and oh, and, and waxing everybody. It was a sense of satisfaction. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he had to eat some humble pie because he got busted by the MEAC twice. So that's really what I was just like, hey, look, he got busted by the MEAC. People people took that into like Theo, Theo, let me let me let me let me let me cut in for a second. I'm gonna read what I'm gonna read what Theo wrote, <laughs> if that's okay. I'm gonna read what Theo wrote for the record. And, and I wanna be clear. Would you say for the record, and I'm gonna be clear, Theo wrote, he loves Jackson State. And as he shared with us, he's lived there in Jackson, Mississippi for a brief time. He has nothing but love and respect for his Mississippi people. He also wrote, as far as Deion Sanders and the way he ended his time at the school, nah, son. If you didn't go to a black school, you don't have to understand. Merry Christmas. He added, I ordinarily would have rooted for JSU, but Deion needed that L to teach him some humility and respect for all the other coaches at black colleges that want to be there. I hope the two... (laughs) I didn't see this part. I hope the two losses, the MEAC hung on him, haunt him forever. (laughs) See, that's what I'm talking about. Now, see, here's what I'm saying. First off, let me say two things. I'm okay. Theo, here's my thing, right? Here's my thing. When a person tells you, right, certain things, to me, I, I give I give a little more understanding, right? So when you say, like, I grew up in North Carolina, I'm a UNC fan, and then we get into a conversation about Duke and you say something crazy to the left, I give you a little room because it's like I know this is coming from a different place than the average person, right? Most people right. ain't like, yo, so I get Theo uh, coming from Howard University and a MEAC school. I understand that. Living in Jackson, yeah. Right, who lived in Jackson, but represents Howard to the end. And, <laughs> you know, he has it tattooed, I'm sure, somewhere at <laughs> HU. But, so I understand that. But but I, I want to, the, the one thing I, I, and this is an issue I had in terms of the, the reception of the other coaches. And this is what I didn't get. And, I, and this, this goes back to the way we are as people. I really feel as though, that these coaches, 
the the coaches in the HBCU and more of the SWAC than the MIAC because he's in the SWAC and, and not the MIAC. But still, as a general, they're all still HBCU coaches because most people don't even know it's a SWAC and a MIAC. Right. right? Um, I feel as though they could have done a much better job of embracing and appreciating the benefits of a Deion Sanders coming in and then subsequently an Eddie George coming in and what that does to the overall as a po- so I, I give this example. It's almost Hugh like Jackson too. huh? Hugh Jackson too. Hugh Jackson and Grandma. So I'll mm. give you an example. I'm gonna tell you what I feel like it's like. It's gonna be a crazy example. It's almost like when LeBron got drafted to Cleveland, and they oh, were you got a lot of you got a lot of LeBron. You can't you can't mess with Theo about his Howard, um, you know, drops, and you you keep bringing LeBron in, my good brother. You but, but it fits, it fits, it fits, it fits. So, it fits. Here's why: when LeBron went to Cleveland, I don't know if you recall, Ricky Davis was in Cleveland, and Ricky Davis had this theory, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess he'll come in here and, and, you know, he'll find his spot on the bench or he'll back me up or this, that, and the third. And Ricky Davis shortly thereafter was no longer in Cleveland. And then shortly thereafter, I don't even think he was in the league. league. He, if he would have embraced the, 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 the possibilities of playing with him, he could have lasted definitely much longer in Cleveland and then therefore definitely much longer in the league. And I feel like if the coaches in this swack, specifically but hbcu as a whole if they were more open to it appreciating him as opposed to and we do this shunning him because he wasn't one of them right he didn't come up through the system he didn't go to an hbcu that's what it is though Uh, okay i I feel like some of it was that now dion's dion and he doesn't make any i think it was more it was more dion being dion and coming through with an air like because of me, I'm gonna elevate all of you guys, and but you I got guys that have, you got guys that have been there for a while that go through all sorts of struggles that know that they are good coaches, mm-hmm. and, and and so like you know for a lot of the coaches they're like you're coming in saying that you all this but we beat you South Carolina State we beat you you know right but but here's the thing because I know I know you play sports in high school mm-hmm. Theo. Right, and and I know Keith uh, plays some sports. Um, his jumper's a little weak, but that's not the point right now. We not we don't need to get into that. Um, but here's my thing: at what point do we as as just accept that's that's what athletes? No athlete walks in the. I don't care who you are. You don't walk in the door quiet. I'm gonna try and see if I can do what I want. No, you are gonna come in like, yo, I'm here to change. I'm here to win. We are gonna be in the championship next year. I'm building. Like that's how you come in the door. Oh, but I, I'm gonna disagree with you because he was saying it was about the kids. And yeah, the, the air kids win. The air is yeah. how you get the kids. Is recruiting not about being so you, you me, talking about recruiting? You talking about going to no, someone's but house? All of, but here's the thing: everything's recruiting in college sports. Everything's recruiting because recruiting is how you do. And there's nothing in college without I got recruiting. You. The reason Alabama and Clemson and Georgia is because they recruit. So guess what? Every conversation, especially now where everything's on social media, every conversation is a recruiting conversation. So, yeah, I got to come in and say I'm building something because guess what? I'm trying to convince people to come to Jackson State in the poorest state in the country Mm -hmm. with the longest history of blatant, violent racism in the country. I can't and I'm trying it. to convince black people 
to come to a school that I would argue most people did not know existed, let alone whether or not it was an HBCU. Cause we not, this ain't back in the day when, when, uh, you know, when it was, when HBCUs were more known and popular and so forth and so on, when we couldn't get into other schools. So if I'm doing all of that, I got to come in that way. I -hmm. got to, that's the only way I can get the number one recruit in the country. The only way I can get four star receivers to come here is to come in that way. But if you're a college coach, like, you know, that, like, you know, that if to me, it would have been so much more productive. Would it have kept him there? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, but the, the interesting I think thing, it could have been more productive overall. Well, I think the interesting thing is, did you see the interview that his son, uh, Shador, had after the Celebration Bowl? Uh, the interesting thing about that interview was you could tell he actually does not want to go to Colorado. <laughs> you know, you can actually tell. One of the things that I found interesting was he was basically like, he had never he he had never really not been looked at as a commodity before, mm-hmm. and Jackson State was like the first place that he was where he could be actually around his mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and and actually be cool. And so it was interesting because a lot of the things that people were saying about the crime and all this other stuff, Shador was like, I don't know what people are talking about. Well, the cars did get broken into. Those yeah, but but he was basically saying like, "Yo, um, we could walk around the community. We could be with the kids. We could actually be students. Mm-hmm. You know, we we actually could chill and relate with people in a way." He was like, "Yo, I basically went to a white school all my life. Yeah. So this is the did. first Randy time Cameron. that I was yeah. really able." And so he was like, "He was like, yo, I have nothing but love for Jackson State, and and he would so." And, and that's the other part of this is, you know, that I find interesting. I'm, we talk about recruiting. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Well, well, we talk about recruiting, but I think that's the thing that irritated me the most about a lot of Dion. Black colleges don't recruit these four and five star athletes because those four and five star athletes have people throwing so many more resources than black colleges can throw. Like Howard don't have a resource. So I'll give you an example. I went to Tennessee the year after they won the national title when mm-hmm. uh, T. Martin was the quarterback. And I went up to, we watched them play Wyoming in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. That week, this might've been in September. It was early in the season. might've been the first week in, in September. That weekend, they literally had a hundred recruits on mm-hmm. Tennessee's campus. Mm-hmm. And like Knoxville is not like, it's not like Philly or flying right. into Atlanta or flying right. in right. like Knoxville, you, you fly into Chattanooga and you still got like a two hour, hour and a half yeah. drive to the campus. Mm-hmm. Tennessee can do that. Mm-hmm. Jackson State cannot do that. So mm-hmm. it's not that they don't believe kids will come to that campus and want to go there, but they don't have the money to waste on kids that's also being recruited by this one or that one or this one. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I will appreciate about Dion is he equal he equalized the playing field in that right. way. But mm-hmm. I think there's another side of this that basically by him saying, I showed everybody how it could be done, he's basically asking schools to go out and find another Dion Sanders. Right. 
and that's I, impossible. I, I agree with that. And I just want to say for the record again, um, that earlier this year I did tour the University of Tennessee football campus. Um it's, I just wanna, it's a it's an amazing campus. I just will not be you will not be outdoing me where you just keep dropping stuff like <laughs> I've been in Tennessee. Um, I went to University of Tennessee. I was on the campus <laughs> along with my son. We did a tour of the football facilities. Oh, uh, it is it is an amazing campus. And I'll be honest, Tennessee isn't, I mean, Tennessee's an amazing uh, campus and it probably isn't the, it's not top. Yeah. I don't even think it's top five in, in, in uh, facilities, but it's, it's, it's up there. But I'm just saying we we did tour some campuses this year, um, and Tennessee was one of them. But uh, I, I do agree, and and here's the thing. And again, I'm dropping a stat because I heard the stat: seven percent of HBCU graduates give back to HBCU. And I think the problem there's the problem. Where is outside of Deion Sanders? Where is our black excellence? Where is our black wealth? Because especially now, right? Because and I agree with you. The resources are unmatchable, which I think is another Very. reason why he had to leave. And although I agree with Shador, I mean, oh, I, can we, I don't I won't say that he had to had to what? No, no, no. You no, said no. he had to. Of course, he didn't have to. Oh, no, no, no. I apologize. No, he didn't have to leave. Obviously, he could have stayed and sacrificed and ate <laughs> oodles and noodles, but he wanted to eat a steak every now and again. So he went to Colorado. But I will also say it's interesting you bring up his son, because I do feel as though you know, his son getting to the NFL played a role in this because the reality is his son was going to struggle draft-wise playing FCS. That was always going to be the knock against him, the level of competition he played. There was no way for him to get around that unless he does something like this, which is go to the Pac-12 and play at a higher level of competition. In terms, Especially considering, you know, we know the struggles of black quarterbacks. But in addition to that, I think that, you know, like I said, where's the black wealth, the black excellence in terms of supporting these HBCUs, especially now, because the playing field is is that much more lopsided because now we have NIL. So NIL has just there's no way unless we get some of the the, the black excellence to really reach out and support the HBCU, support the HBCUs, they're going to continue to struggle in terms of athletics, it's just a fact, especially now that players, there are kids in high school that have NIL deals. There are kids around mm -hmm. here. There are kids mm -hmm. around here that have NIL deals, right? Okay, a couple of things. One, where he played in college only seems to impact black college players. Well, black like, quarterbacks they're, specifically. They're a, they're a white guy. Carson Wentz went to a Division One AA school. Okay, you know, I'm with you on that. I'm not debating the racism in the black quarterback no, but, conversation. I guess what I'm saying is, like, what would have hurt him more is the way that Dion had their schedule constructed, and and they and and ultimately, like, this year I would have loved to have seen Jackson State go to the FCS uh, playoffs because mm -hmm. black colleges normally get waxed in that playoff, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it, and. That would have been the showcase for his son. Right. But I, here's the thing, though. I don't know. I think him being on television every week at Jackson State versus what's going to happen at Colorado, because I know what's going to happen in Colorado. Colorado is terrible. A unless they unless they win 10 games, which is unlikely. I mean, 
you, you know, not, yeah, you're going to have the same ball. questions about him. And he's probably going to play two years at Colorado and have a really good year for anybody to notice, you know, anything. At least, I mean, has, you know. Well, Colorado has a network. I mean, they don't have a network. Pac-12 has a network. And so um, he's going to play against, because he has a year to play against USC, UCLA, uh, Washington. US, they're the only two leaving, but so, I'm just saying, we all know all the Pac-10 teams. Ain't nobody in a point in the list. I, I think, um, I, I don't think he's going to have an issue with being seen. No. Well, all, no. all this, I, I think, I don't think, especially with recruiting now, as, as Dion's son, mm-hmm. all the conversation, and I'm not saying it in such a way where, um, you know, that he's top notch. What I'm saying is people want to see. Yeah, he's going to get an opportunity. That's what, that's all I'm saying. You know, uh, Dion was talking about him working out with Tom Brady. You know, he works out with Tom Brady yeah. and talk, communicates with him. Um, let's see how it plan, pans out, you know. Um, yeah. Let's see how it pans out. But I do think he'll have that opportunity to be seen. Well, oh, to, go back to, to go back to your, your point about black colleges giving back, I think we got to put that in context as well. Because when you look at a lot of our colleges, they are not producing the captains of industry because that's not the focus. So you look at, like, I mean, in, in the Camden City Public Schools, most of our educators came through Cheney and Delaware State. Back in the day, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they generally do not have the type of wealth that they can pour back in to a lot of these schools. In addition to the fact that, like, we're asking alums to give back, but we don't put any pressure on the state to properly fund these schools so when you go in Maryland, I mean, they basically had to put pressure on the state to properly fund the school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so there's a lot of prongs to to the funding thing and to just put it all on the alums and say, no, 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 got to get back more. Right. Like that, that, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, even Jackson State. I mean, Jackson mm-hmm. State had to take the state of Mississippi to court to get the money that they're supposed to have to pour back into their academic programs. Mm-hmm. So Mississippi had this issue. Maryland had this issue. Pennsylvania has this issue now where they had to go back and give money to Cheney and I believe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what would happen if these schools were properly funded and they were, they were able to pour resources, resources in the programs that did, allow kids to go out and be doctors and lawyers right, and be right. those professions that can go back and pour in a lot of money. But 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 here's my, when I say black excellence, I did say the stat about the graduates, so I, yeah, I agree with that. He says but also black excellence, I mean the Oprahs, the Jay-Zs. I know Oprah's Diddy gives back to Howard. Oprah's uh, giving more money no, than you can imagine. To- oh, no, no. I'm just naming the top names. I'm, I'm not... I, well, oh, you, I don't know if you I can name know. somebody that gave. Yeah, I don't Oprah. know if you. I don't know if you can name somebody that's not giving. No, I, the game. I, listen. I uh, if Oprah's giving, then uh, the shout out. I mean, Oprah, Oprah does a lot. Oprah's for, one of the most phil- philanthropical. Oprah paid for whatever. A class how you say that word? Oh, Oprah. Right. Oprah. I know the dude, but and I know uh, was it CP just gave each graduate twenty five hundred, which yeah. is a nice little. Yeah. And, and he change. graduated from Winston Salem. He graduated. Yeah. That's tough. No, but I'm just saying overall the 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 and and I'm not gonna sit and act like we got a whole lot of black wealth. We we think we do, but we don't. 
um, in the grand scheme of wealth. I saw something the other day, uh, earlier today, they were talking about, because the Phoenix Suns got sold, and they were talking about how many billionaires in the country, and I think it's like eight black ones, eight black billionaires in the country. I don't um, think it's eight. I can't remember. The, it was a number. I, I'm just... It's not eight. Wrong. It's like eight mm-hmm. or nine black billionaires in the world. In the world. Well, okay. But um, but where else are they at then? Nigeria. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Then. okay. Yeah, now, it's a guy in Nigeria that's the oil guy, and it's a guy, I think, in the Caribbean. That, okay. Um, I forgot what he did, but in, in America, it's like Jay-Z, LeBron, um, Oprah, and uh, Michael Jordan. Bob Johnson. And Bob Johnson and the Byron. guy that gave money to Byron Mark. Allen. Byron, Byron Allen. Allen's not a billionaire. He's not? Nah. Okay. Nope. Um, but I'm just saying, I if, if I feel as though the, the supporting of the HBCUs, if the black community as a whole and the black wealth, whatever that is, however billionaires or under billionaires, that to me is where I'm talking about the pressure should be. The states are going to be with the state. And, and, and we have to understand the system is rigged. Like you said, I agree. Carson Wentz came from whatever the heck Dakota State is, North, North Dakota, Dakota State. But we know that there is a racial bias against black quarterbacks, period. And mm-hmm. then we know that there's going to be, therefore, an increased bias um, for black quarterbacks from HBCUs. And so, well, yeah. Him, what, that's where we felt. That's where I kind of felt that Dion sort of cracked the code. And and that was my biggest disappointment, really. Right. You So the hope was that. But see, I don't know as much he's as saying, we believe. He's saying, he's saying black kids. You can come to a Jackson State now. And right. Because of his notoriety, it, it equalized the playing field. And it, it, it basically, you, you know, we, we know that we've got all these disadvantages, but his name leveled out a lot of those disadvantages. Right. And, and, and I think that, now, and I think that's it goes back to that that being an issue. Like it's okay to come now because this is what we're doing, and I'm gonna be that 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 one. Where that portal where we all can go through, whether you go to a Lincoln, whether you go to a Jackson State, whether you go to any school, but I'm gonna be that one, and I'm gonna stand. And I think that's the issue that a lot of individuals were having because of his message in the beginning. Come on, let, yeah. let's go. You know, nah, nah. Don't worry about UCLA. Don't worry about Alabama. Let's and, get and here. He, and he did it at a time when I'm gonna be honest with you. The MIAC is about to fold. Like the MIAC was like seconds away from folding this year because it's only like, I think, six schools now. North, uh, Norfolk State was talking about leaving. Howard almost left. North Carolina AT left. Hampton left. And that's because and of funding? Bethune Cookman left. Is that because of money? They're going to other conferences? Bethune Cookman and Florida AM left to go to the SWAC. Because you know it's geographically, it made a lot yeah, more, sense more sense to be there. Mm-hmm. A um, and T in Hampton left ultimately because of money. I think. I mean, that's probably another show in terms of, in my opinion. And I love Howard, but Howard really jacked up the MIAC. Like Howard, Howard at one point, Howard Howard is one of the few colleges, black colleges or white, that has a television station and a radio station. And why Howard and the MIAC didn't come up with a network to basically televise a lot of games 
and, and football and basketball, I think something like that, because Howard had the resource to do it, but at the time we didn't have the vision and the MEAC, the commissioners in the MEAC didn't have the vision. So it was just sort of like, you know, Howard is just sort of like, well, we got all these resources for us, but we're not thinking about anybody else. Mm. MEAC didn't say, hey, let's come, let's come and make a network the way the ACC did the way that the SEC did, the way the Pac-10 did. Yeah, yeah. And, and had they done that 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, now yeah. that these networks are looking for content, the MEAC would have had a package to go to ESPN and say, hey, listen, we got a package of games that we that we will distribute to you right. to play. And, and it doesn't have to be live games. This can be the 1 o'clock in the morning game mm-hmm. uh, on, on ESPNU. You know, but we don't have that, and we didn't have the foresight to have it. So, and and that's one of the other things that I was hoping that Dion, had he stayed long enough, he would be able to bring that sort of. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to sports, black colleges, we just we are not forward thinking at all, and and the train mm-hmm. has left the. Well, this is an extension of the academics at a university. The train's left that station. Now we have to be more focused on, hey, the facilities and pour mm-hmm. money back into, hey, how do we get kids to come here mm-hmm. and recruiting and all those things? How do we upgrade the coaches and that sort of thing? And that's just not on our, our radar, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's sad um, as an overall. I think that I do agree. I don't think there's any debate that if Deion Sanders would have stayed longer, he would have been a – he had the chance. And I, I, I really do – like I said, my one of my struggles is the the way he was received and, and the other coaches because I think some of what you said plays into it. I think outside of the fact that Dion was cocky and, and or arrogant or verbose or whatever, however you want to explain it, depending on your view of him, I think – that if the other coaches were willing to, because I think a lot of the things he wanted to do and he spoke about doing, like you, they were forward thinking. Let's creating it. I mean, he created an HBCU draft combine, right? Giving the chance, the kids a chance to be drafted. I feel as though he was using his platform to do things and operate in a way that although would have been better for HBCUs, it was like, Nah, this dude coming here on some different type time, and we don't have time for different. And I really feel like that helped cause some. I'm, I don't know. I'm not gonna say whether or not that played I, a role or not. Oh, I wonder if it was a disqualification of who these coaches were, um, and and how they've already established themselves in HBCU. Like, and if he felt as if he um, didn't validate them as a coach already, like they've been there. They understand the struggles that they have to go through, the budget, the money, and you're coming in, Dion, and this is what you're saying. This is what you're doing. Your your field is still looking the same. You still have some of these, but validate us for being here. Like, speak to us in terms of we're all one versus you standing out because you're saying come to come to, come to HBCUs. You're not just saying come to Jackson State. You're mm-hmm. saying come to HBCUs. We're part of that. We're a huge part of that. So I wonder if that gave them a sense of 
you know, he's isolating himself, you know, um, versus versus us, you know, as a I group think, of coaches, a group of black I think coaches. There's two things, and I think you make a great point. I think there's two things here. I think we have Deion Sanders, the coach and recruiter, right? What a college coach is, recruiter, coach, all that. I think we have that. And then I think we have, and I think what it's coming down to as this conversation is progressing, I think we have Deion Sanders, the, the brand. I, 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 I'll use the word leader, brand, the brand, the brand, and what the brand is able to do and how they feel as though maybe the brand should have interacted versus how, because no coach comes in. I don't care where you hire a coach. The coach is not coming in doing a whole bunch of talking about the greatness of the other coaches that he now is trying to beat. That just doesn't happen, right? That just doesn't happen. Now, maybe if we get into a specific game week, it's like, yeah, I got I, the old man, Coach Theo's a good coach. But no coach gets hired. And it's like, yo, man, I just want to shout out all the coaches here that are great coaches. No, that doesn't happen, right? And I think the, the coach recruit was one. And I think people felt like the brand of Dion in terms of pushing up. I feel like the people feel like the brand of Dion or the role he was going to play for everybody. I think that side, people feel like he could have gone about it differently because you've never heard a coach complain about another coach coming in and not giving them credit for being a good coach. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But I think that I think it's the two roles. And I think that it's un, unfortunately not the right word. I think that it's just the reality of being Deion Sanders. It's just that simple. The mm -hmm. reality of being Deion Sanders is that you are viewed as the coach. So everything you said is, uh, you know, come here. I'm, I'm building a program. That's coach talk. That's recruit talk. We, we got to understand right, that. Right, right, but right. I think that some of the other things in terms of, you know, let's all come together and, and, and set a, 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 you know, let's not take less than this money. Let's, jersey on these kids let's do the, let's bring everybody hbcus let's, i think people felt like that person that side of the coin should have been more open and 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 humble i guess in terms of his interaction with the coaches and i feel yeah. like the other coaches yeah. got into their egos and i but i think yeah. that's a yeah. very difficult place to be in when i'm trying to mm -hmm. I, I want us i want us to come up but I still have a, a, a duty to the school, my coaching staff, and my players to right. build a winning program. And you don't build a winning program talking about how great the other all the coaches that are here were all really great. And I'm just coming yeah, to get along. But I, I think the other part of that was you also, if that's your aim, you don't negotiate that through the media. Like it, it's like you don't go on 60 minutes talking about all the things that you want to do for black colleges. Like you had that conversation with the coaches first and then mm -hmm. you become the, you know, it's sort of like he, he, he kind of dropped in. And, and I, I think a lot of the resistance, a lot of the resistance from the other coaches had to be like, we want to see how long this guy is here and whether this leopard changes his spots. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was more a matter of it. Yeah. And I feel like, like when, um, when Coach Eddie Robinson Jr. basically said, you know, Dion's not swack, I think, I think that was he was alluding to the fact that, like, hey, this guy doesn't respect his culture. And 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 I don't know, I don't know whether it's a good thing or bad thing. Uh I, I think there's probably some parts of the culture that need to be respected, and there's other parts of the culture 
that if we're going to progress, we got to change. Right. You, you right. know, and that's and with everything with our folks. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a very interesting place. Yeah. Fellas, fellas, um, any last thoughts, man? Any takeaways from, you know, not just our conversation, just the whole or, ordeal, you know, when we talk about coaches, Coach Prime's aftermath, leaving, you know, HBCUs, underfunded, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, uh, um, those not um, donating money and any any thoughts um, when it comes to, to to this to this type of conversation. I'll let you go first, OG. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> OG, see, this is, this is cold. He won't call you OG now. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, think, I think what I say is that um, anything that happens in the culture, I, I watch, and whether it's Kyrie Irving and, and Kanye West or Deion Sanders, one of the things that we have to be careful about as a community is understanding what personalities can do versus what programs do. And a lot of times we get wrapped around the personality and don't understand the program is what's going to be there. You, you know, um, and, and I think that's the thing that I think that no matter what side of coin you fall on with Dion, you always have to keep in mind that like what this personality is can come and go. So we got to leverage it to do whatever we needed to do in order to help us build the program. But they're, they're two different things. And I think a lot of times we just keep getting wrapped around all these personalities and our community move from personality to personality to personality. And that's why a lot of times we don't have anything. And, and, and we have to start to say, this personality is good for X. What can we use from this personality to help build our program and then when that's done, you know, it was nice. Move on to Colorado, move on to wherever mm -hmm. we, but we got what we needed to, to, to build that thing that we trying mm -hmm. to sustain, which is a program. Oh, that was, you that was well spoken. Um, I'm going to say a couple things. Uh, maybe not a couple. <laughs> um, first off, listen, man, I appreciate the opportunity to just kick it, man, with two, two brothers, man, and have some, some real good conversation. I'm glad we were able to share some thoughts about my favorite athlete of all time. Um, also, I just want to point out not to be outdone by Theo, who's been trying to outdo me. Um, Theo, I too, I too wear glasses. So you will not outdo me for being on here with glasses. I just am not letting you outdo me in any way. Um, but that being said, man, I think as a people, man, to me, the biggest thing about this is we've got to really look at the way we view um, athletes, entertainers, the way we view them, man, and, and the over-personalization I think we make with their choices sometimes. Yeah. And I think we also have to look as a people as to why do we have this flawed view that to struggle is to be more real. And, that, and that's a scary viewpoint, man, because it holds us back in so many different areas of life because somehow we valued the struggle more than the success. And if we've started to focus on the greater success, and that can be in any realm, whether that's with HBCUs, whether that's with sports, whatever that is, if we focused on being successful more than the struggle, if we just made that little switch and changed our focus to that, I think it will help us in so many ways and so many views that we have 
and how we view our entertainers and the life choices they make. Because oftentimes at the end of the day, what they did was to make a choice for themselves to be more successful. And we should be able to appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm never letting you follow me again. I just want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know. Oh, uh, man. That will not happen. <laughs> in, in subsequent discussions with uh, Opatala and Keith. It's, uh, oh, my no, gosh. I'm not going <laughs> to. I, I do in your mind to, 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 to go first, but uh, <laughs> that's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yo, man. I, I first want to thank y'all, man, for, you know, just dropping by, man, um, and joining me, you know, um, on Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas, man, as we have this conversation, man. You know, two great minds I wanted to tap into, man, and just get your thoughts and your ideas. Always have a lot to say. Always have some substance, you know, with what you say. And I'm, you know, definitely pushing that, man. You know, this is Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas. Uh, one of the things I want to say to those that's watching, have a wonderful, a great um, holiday weekend. Thank you for joining us on Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas. You can find us on all um, platforms. Check our um, past episodes out. Tonight we had Theo Spencer, the great and the great Obatala Prime, Sone Beata, um, you know, joining us tonight, man, and and dropping some gems and, and sharing with us, you know, when I go back and I think about um, just this holiday season, you know, if you celebrate this holiday season or not, you know, take this opportunity, take this time just to reflect on this year. Take this opportunity to reflect on, you know, how you came into this year and how you're going out on this year. Um, think about those things that you didn't accomplish, you know, and how you want to be great and in going into uh, 2023. Those that are struggling during this time, this holiday season, whether it's uh, grief, whether it's loss, you know, um, I know a couple people that are, you know, continue to push through, um, get out the house, don't isolate yourself, you know, um, have some fun with your friends, invite some people over, get out, do some shopping, don't go into debt and have some fun and enjoy this this holiday season. Um, I want to thank everybody. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight on Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas. Share this podcast with everybody. Peace. Thank you.